Hey, there are two ways to support this podcast. And if you do like us, we, we just ask so sincerely and nicely, please do. Number one, leave us a rating. It's super helpful with a small podcast like this to get it in front of more people's eyeballs. And that only happens if the algorithms kick in. And when you rate something five stars, it really helps us out because it gets the podcast in front of people like us, which is great. The second way is through affiliate marketing. There's really not a lot of ways to make money on podcasts. We're not big enough. We will never be big enough to make money from ad revenue, but we can make money. The next time you're going to go buy a bat, look in our descriptions of our podcast. If you found it useful, click on one of our partners and go check the prices. Look, it's all, it's all the big names, Amazon, Dick Sporting Goods, and Wilson and Easton and Rawlings. You, you name it. There's probably a link down there you can go find and check out their price. We're not saying overpay for it. If you can find it for a cheaper price somewhere else, wonderful. But we don't. it doesn't cost you anymore, uh, but it does throw a couple bucks our way in the event you use our link and you go to that website and you end up buying it. Uh, it's called affiliate marketing. It's been around for a long time. You can read more about those disclaimers on our site. But anyways, if you want to support us, that's how you do it. We love the support. Uh, we love the encouragement for us to keep going on these. And that is the way that we are going to have to make it work. All right, keep rocking. Thanks. Yo, yo, peeps, what's going down? Today, we're doing another episode of the, what do we call that thing? You know where we answer your questions. The mound visit. That's right. It's been so long. Again, we're so sorry, but we've taken some questions we've received over the last several months. Hope you enjoy episode number 49, Bat Digest, The Mound Visit. First question comes from Sandy out of California. They say, my son is going into a 12U currently swinging a 30-22 ADV hype. They need an alloy for some cold weather trips this fall. And after listening to the podcast, I want to go with the Cat X. So what will be a smaller jump in swing weight, the 31-23 or the 30-25? Thanks. Man, Sandy, great question. Way to start us off here. It, it's amazing, right? First of all, let's just make this comment that we maybe make too often, that bat companies don't tell us this information, right? Here you are, you want to buy a Cat X, and they have two bats that we would guess the swing weight's about the same, because so you, you currently have a 30 drop 8, so you're wondering, do I add more swing weight or less swing weight if I go up an inch or if I go down a drop? or up a drop, however you want to think of that. But going from a drop eight to a drop five or going from a 30 to a 31, which one adds more swing weight? And the answer is, unfortunately, companies hold on to this information. They just don't tell you. Why Why would they not, Marucci, if you're listening, tell us. Tell us what? What is the answer? You have it. It's so easy. So instead, it's left up to some sort of independent bat blogger daddy who has to go and get the bats and, and weigh them. Unfortunately, we don't have these exact bats, so it's impossible for us to be able to answer your question. With that said, the general sense is every time you go up an inch, you add about 10% in swing weight. And every time you go down a drop, that's what we're going to call it, going from 10 down to 8 down to 5, you also add 10%. So long story short, there, there likely isn't a big difference in terms of the swing weight between the 31 drop 8, so 31, 2023, Cat X versus the 2023 Cat X in a drop five, 30, 25. So uh, it, it, you know, all other things being equal, we like the idea of a longer bat. We think a 31 uh, will probably give them more reach at the plate. And also get, give your 12U more of a chance to, to understand the relationship to the, to the plate and the strike zone as they start to transition for sure into bigger bats into BB core like a 31 or a 32 or a 33. So we'd probably go that route. But again, in terms of swing weight, about the same. Great question, Sandy. Thanks, uh, thanks for writing it. Next question comes from Morgan out of Kentucky. They say, I have a son that's soon to be 14 years old. He's small, not very strong. He makes good contact, but doesn't have much power. Uh, so he struggles a little bit at the plate. 
Which drop five U-Triple-S-A bat do you think would be best for him? Also, what BB core would you recommend for the following season? Man, another another great question here, talking about drop five bats. You know, and, and I guess it's hard for me to answer the question because I don't know what they're swinging now. So it's hard to say they should go here uh, if I'm not for sure what they like in terms of two-piece, single-piece composite versus a single-piece composite versus maybe a hybrid. Uh, but if he needs something light because he's not very strong, but, you know, surely at 14, even like the weakest kid can swing a normal size drop five. So I, I don't think I want to recommend the Rawling Velo in a drop five. That's more like for the 12-year-old that's required to swing a drop five. But but if, you, if you're saying he's weak because you think he needs a really light swing weight, then the drop five Rawlings Velo is is a, is a good choice. But man, at fourteen, I would just be surprised if he can't if he can't swing something a little bit more than that. Um, and really, if if you want the biggest bang for 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 a bat, then look no further than the CF in a drop five. And I know that's a cliche answer, but honestly, the thirty one, thirty two drop five CF U Triple SA, the bat's just absolutely lights out. I mean, the bat has been giving like anemic kids chances to sign autographs in the parking lot since its creation in 2017. So th there's really not a bat out there that's been consistently rated the best by most. And it, ha and, it and that's really, like I said, been since 2017. Uh, when they did not make it illegal, although they made the drop 10 and drop 11 in 2017 illegal, that drop five, everybody thought was too hot. But apparently it is not. Now, um, remember, there are some some leagues, I think it's like Perfect Game, that have banned that specific bat if you go back to like the 2017. But really, a 2022, 21, 20 CF in a drop five, I think he's going to, I think if, if you're looking to get more power and he's already making contact, I wouldn't be too worried about dropping weight. I'd be, I, I'd be more worried about getting maybe a bigger barrel and one that maybe performs better depending on what he's swinging right now. But that's where we would go with, uh, a DeMarini CF and a drop five. And really any year you can find it, 2022, they're never cheap. I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't go buy a 2017 for like $4,000 or whatever they're going for these days. But, you know, buy buy the new 2022 or that new mashup that looks really cool with the fire. At least we, we think it looks really cool. But you could also go on eBay and find an older one, I'm sure, for somewhat of a deal. But that's that's where we would go, Morgan. Hope that helps. And uh, good luck. Good luck out there. Oh, oh, BB Corbat. What BB Corbat for the following season? Okay. Um... I mean, wow. Uh, so so many options. Smaller kid, let's think. Smaller kid probably needs some more swing weight. L look at a bat like, if you want to spend money, a bat like the Meta is a great bat. It's just got a really light swing weight, huge barrel, really good for that kid who's entering into the BB Core space for the first time. And don't listen to crap online about some single piece stiff bat, blah, blah, blah. You can hit it far. No, no, no. Small kids need a lot of barrel and a light swing weight, and you're going to get that in a two-piece composite bat. If you have to go, if you, if you want to save some money, so you want to go something like a single piece, you know, look at about like the Omaha in a smaller size, maybe like a 32 or maybe even a 31 Omaha in BB Core. That would save you some money. If you want to spend a little more than that, maybe a bat like the Vandal. But that's probably where we would go, um, either a bat like the Meta or the Omaha, realizing those are both Louisville Slugger. But hey, what's not to love about Slugger? Uh, they, they make good stuff. So there you go. Hope that helps. Thanks. Thanks for the question, Morgan. Next question comes from Dave out of Georgia. Says, hey, I love the podcast talking about the Cat X. You referenced several times bat companies that import from China and throw a logo on it. Do you have any more details on that? Hate that I haven't heard, read that before. Please send the info. Dave, you got a good question here. Um, and look, I, I to be frank, I'm not interested in really naming names. Uh, I don't know that that's necessarily fair to them because I think other a lot of people do it. I wouldn't, I mean, clearly big time companies that everyone's heard of also do that with their low-end bats that are sold in, you know, box stores and Walmart and wherever else. 
Um, and just to be clear, I don't think it's illegal. It's it's not it's not wrong. Um, but but you know, c- consider this if you want to find the answers. Okay, what companies actually have research and development labs? That is, they have an actual engineer. I mean, the truth is only a handful of companies do that. And so I'll, I'll name them. The companies that I know that have an engineering bat lab that's out there testing and designing and creating bats, all right? Let's name them together. Marucci, which is own, you know, also owns Victus, so Marucci Victus. You have Rawlings, which is an Easton company, Rawlings and Easton. You have Demarinian Slugger, which is a Wilson company. And then you have companies like Axe Bats. You have bats like True Temper. Those are also smaller companies that have R&D they're doing in-house, right? You also have a company like... Uh, Mizuno, which we never talk about on this podcast. Every time I'm always amazed they're making more baseball bats, but they keep making baseball bats somehow, although I've never, ever seen one on a field. But in any case, Mizuno also has it because they have a ton of money behind them because Mizuno out of Japan is trying to break into this market, but they're doing a terrible job. In any case, those are the companies that have engineers, all right? Everybody else, everybody else is 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 not an R&D bat manufacturer. They are they are what I would refer to as bat sourcers. They're not engineers. Sourcing as in they're finding the bat somewhere else, buying it, and putting their sticker on it. And that's not, you know, th- that's not, again, that's not illegal, right? They call this OEM manufacturing, the idea, uh, what does that even stand for? Original something manufacturing. Whatever, maybe it's original engineering. I don't know. The E stands for something. But that's a company who makes it and then sells it to another company to be rebranded. And, and literally, that's been happening, as we as we said before, that that process is as old as beer itself, right? It isn't a secret that lots of industries do that, uh, from cars to golf clubs to uh, to beer to to baseball bats. But but what is interesting, we think, is just how hush hush the bat industry is about it, and and companies come out with a new bat and they act as if, oh, this is brand new, we put some new tech in it. But no, you didn't. You just bought it from some manufacturer and then you rebranded it. Uh, and, and that's fine. So so if you find a company that you've never heard of before that is making this new alloy bat and uh, you, all they've done is maybe made wood bats in the last couple of years, we should assume, you should assume this bat is a an OEM product. That is, they just put their sticker on it. They didn't go to the lab and design this bat and work with engineers to then structure the bat like they would at Marucci or Victus or Wilson or these big name brands you've probably heard of and some smaller ones as well. And, and, you know, j- just to be clear, um, if it works, who cares, right? Who cares if they're taking a, a bat that's manufactured elsewhere? Nobody nobody really cares, right? In fact, if, if you want to think more about it and find some links, we went to uh, the very first podcast. I think we actually read this article, but you could go to Google and type in, I think it's called Tobacco Smoke Enemas, Private Labels, and Other Bat Musings or so, something like that, some weird title. I'm pretty sure we, we'd be number one on the list to read that article. But it talks about how we went out and bought a bat from China on Alibaba for $36, a BB core, a bat that would pass the BB core test, and it costs us 36 bucks. And honestly, that bat looks a heck of a lot like a lot of other bats uh, on, the, on the internet. And we put that bat up against other bats in our bat lab and found that it performed just as well. So it, it, our point is, it happens. It happens often. Is that a bad thing or a good thing? I mean, it just is a thing. It's just, you know, well, welcome to marketing. But I think it's important to point out a company like Marucci that we talked to last week. You know, th- they're not doing that. They're literally trying to push the envelope to create a better experience. And so when they, when they ju- again, and no bat price will ever be justified, but that makes us feel like, oh, okay, I, I see why they need to charge money to actually to 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 to, uh, to compensate for this, it does need to have an expense above this thirty six dollars shipping fee. Whereas you have others in the in the business that are sort of riding the coattails of this high market price that people can get and saying, "Hey, our bat's worth three hundred and ninety nine dollars or three forty nine." 
when, when the truth is it, the profit take there is, you know, it, it has the, the margins of pharmaceuticals. It's literally you're buying something for pennies on the dollar. And so, of course, you have a bunch of people running into the market. So anyways, hope that helps. Uh, and thanks. Uh, thanks for listening. And we, we also liked that podcast with uh, Ryder last week. We thought that was great and super useful. And that bat has just been going absolute bonkers. The buzz around that bat and for them to be able to do that in the middle of August is is just remarkable. So, uh, anyways, thanks uh, thanks for the question. I uh, hope that helps. Next question comes from PJ out of Michigan. He says he has two Zenos that are in good shape. They're both 31-21, so dropped in a Zeno. For those of you who don't know, is a fast pitch bat made by Louisville Slugger. Great bat. Um, he wants to sell them and spend the money on one bat without breaking the bank. They're both playing in high school and are looking for a 32-22 best value out there, question mark. So he's looking for a best value bat, going to sell a couple bats he has, and then try to upgrade uh, a size, an inch, and get one bat for the price of two Zenos. Um, good good question, and that's maybe fun to think about. I don't know the exact price of the Zenos on the, on the market right now, but if you hang in there for a second, why don't we go and check? Uh, let me look for like a 2020... Zeno Slugger, and let me just click on a buy it now price, and let's see, uh, let's see where we're at. If I click on sold items from eBay in the last month or so, I'm seeing just over a hundred bucks, maybe one. It depends on, how, I guess, how good a shape they are. But this one's you know 195, but this one's as low as 58 bucks, um, maybe an average about 100, 120 dollars. So let's say you could get 240 dollars out of that. And you wanted to use all of that for the best fast pitch bat in a 3222. Uh, what would we pop probably do? Well, look, the, the best fast pitch bat out there, if you ask anybody, even though it is pretty fragile, is the Easton Ghost Advance. The problem is you're not going to buy that for $240 with the money you made from the Zeno. You're going to struggle to get that for anything less than like 350 bucks in the used market. And then you'll just ask yourself, well, why don't I just go buy that thing brand new, which I think it's like 450 now. But it, we, we've been watching the Little League world series for fast pitch that bet is literally just all over the place it is ridiculous how how crazy popular that Easton ghost advances it, it's literally like 80 or 90 percent of the market so so we would suggest that if you wanted to spend if you didn't have a budget which you're saying you do but if you didn't you got to go with the Easton ghost advance even though it's you know it's probably going to break on you but people just love it so you can't you sort of can't bet against that bat but the bat we really like and we always sort of lean back on is just is the is the sister bat of the xeno which is the louisville slugger LXT. LXT is also a fantastic bat, uh, and that's probably what we would do. You could probably find an older LXT, maybe a 2019, 2020, probably closer to 250 bucks. Um, in fact, if we were to check, because you know that's the whole point, is we're supposed to shop for you here. Uh, we do everything but pay for it, right? Isn't that our wasn't that our thing at one point? Um, all right, 2021 LXT Slugger. Uh, I'm seeing one for 225. Uh, this is a used one. I see one for 142. So probably that's what we would do is in terms of the best value, the LXT is a fantastic bat. Uh, you're not going to overpay for it in the secondary market if you're willing to buy a used one. So if you're in if you're in the mood to sell the Zenos and then buy another bat, we would do that. We would sell the Zenos and we would get a 3222, I think is what you wanted in your sizing in the LXT. Now, of course, the other option is why don't you just sell one Zeno and keep the other Zeno because we think the Zeno is fantastic if they are in great shape. I guess it's because it's too short, so you want another inch. All right, so sell them, buy an LXT. There you go, PJ. Thanks for the question. Next question comes from Peter. This is our fifth question of the podcast. Is that where we're at, number five? Sure. Peter from Texas. Been looking for a bat for next season. My boy is nine. He's had tremendous results with the Cat9 Connect 29 uh, slash 10. I probably made a drop 10, so 29.19. 
compared to the other brands that are supposed to be better ratings because uh, including composite. Looking to getting a, a 30 drop 10, either in a Cat9 Connect or looking at a Victus Knox of a 30 drop 10. Uh, I've seen different reviews, but still wondering what's best for him. The kid has had success with the Cat9 Connect 29 drop 10. Just wondering if he would do better with a different bat. Um, look, it's hard, to, it's hard to say he'd do better. And, and honestly, our general experience is probably not. And if, if what he's swinging is working great for him, but you feel like he needs a size up at this point, jumping up to that 30 uh, would obviously be the right answer. We wouldn't change brands. We wouldn't change anything. In fact, I, I guess if you're looking for a bat for next season, uh, right now might be a good time, especially when the Cat 9s are kind of on sale because they're trying to get them out of the, out of, uh, out of the house before all the Cat X show up and people stop thinking about the Cat 9. But we would, we would honestly, Peter, we would just stay with that same exact bat. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Maybe size up that inch if you feel like uh, he does need a little more uh, gumption or whatever the word is in his swing. Um, but don't 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 try to fix it, especially jump into a bat like the Victus that isn't like the Cat9 Connect at all. Those are single-piece bats. But I would just stay with that two-piece hybrid Cat9 style bat and probably do a 30-20 and rock and roll. Thanks for the question, Peter. Hope that helps. Next question comes from Idaho. Kevin from Idaho. All right. This is my son coach. Uh, my son's coach recommended that he swing a balanced one-piece bat. Ugh, yeah. All right. We'll get to that. He, he is swinging a 30-20 Cat 9 two-piece. Uh, two-piece. So it's the connector, the composite. One of those two. He's soon to be 13, uh, but it's pretty skinny, pretty skinny kid. Not much upper body strength. He needs to swing a, a minus five for this league and tournaments that he will soon be playing in. I'm looking for a bat recommendation for a good one-piece bat that might work well for our situation. Thanks, Kevin. Kevin, thanks. But, oh, man, uh, I'm sure you've listened to us long enough that you know what we're about to say. But 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 why on earth would a coach tell a kid to swing a single-piece bat? I mean, I, I get a coach thinking that, it, that, it, that his player's bats are too heavy or too light, and he, and he might be able to be able to see that from, you know, standing by the third base, uh, a coach's box. But a single-piece, why? Why on earth would he think he needs to change to a single-piece? Look, a single piece, two piece, composite, whatever, hybrid, it, this is a preference. It's a feel. The coach can't dictate to his player how it feels. He can't tell him how it feels. It's your son gets to decide how it feels. So that that's some weird coach speak advice for us. Uh, he needs a single piece bat because back when I played, I could I could really hit that thing really well. I don't, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Anyways, it's, it's weird to us. If it were us and, and he wants a balanced bat, then then if anything, uh, you, you'd look in the two-piece drop five space to do pretty well. Like the two-piece composite, I, I think as we said earlier on this podcast, we like a bat like the CF. I mean, literally everybody does. But the Cat X composite, if you want to stay in that same world of of, uh, of Marucci, the Cat X composite or the Cat 9 composite uh, is a great bat. I think the Slugger Meadow would also do really well in a drop five for that balanced bat that's going to feel the best for him. Uh, if you do want to stay for uh, a single piece because we're maybe missing that argument or for some reason the kid wants to go to a single piece, uh, although it sounds like he's had success with with a, with a two-piece bat, then if you want to do that, uh, you can probably just stay with a Cat 9. The Cat 9 has a drop five that uh, if he likes that idea, I mean, just stay with the Cat 9. Um, if you don't want to spend as much money, then maybe go for a bat like the Solo in a drop five. The Victus Vandal also has a drop five off the top of my head. Um, you'll have to go look, you know, go to Dick's Sporting Goods or Just Bats or somewhere and search by drop five bats only and see what you got. And you'll find a handful of single pieces. Off the top of our head, we would probably go to a CF. Um, but again, if you don't want a two-piece bat because the coach has some like Jedi mind trick power, then I would say go with the Solo uh, or go with something like the Victus Vandal. 
uh, I think you'll like those in a drop five. And, and, you know, if you want us to be really specific, we would just go with a solo in a drop five, the 2022 one, which I think has like black and gray on it. Um, I think, uh, I think that's what you should do. All right, Kevin, hopefully we're not too controversial. I'm sure there's a great reason to go for a single piece bat that the coach can tell. I just don't, I can't imagine what it would be, but in any case, uh, solo it is, unless you just go by the CF. Sweet. Thanks. And there you have it, peeps. Thanks uh, thanks for listening. That's the 49th episode of The Mound Visit. If you have questions, too, go to batdigest.com forward slash advice. And we'll be back real soon. We think next week we're on the run a roll now. We have two in a row. We committed last year. I think we told you to get to 100 episodes. And uh, that, we're going to do it. We're going to power through. And this will take us, I think, through the holidays and through into next season. And then we'll, we might reevaluate. But until then, our plan is to keep pumping these bad boys out and answering your questions and getting you information on bats. So... Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, tell your friends, share the podcast, do all those things you do to help the algorithm out that will convince us to continue doing this, especially if you liked it. Uh, please subscribe, click that plus button, and we will uh, we'll keep pumping them out. Thanks, folks. Have a good one. Hey, we wrote a book. It's called Bat Digest, The Independent Bat Buyer's Guide. It is a bat-fitting book that is now available on Audible. That's right. It's an audio book. So those of you who hate to read or you're driving in your car and you're like, I don't have time to read, yo. I'd listen to a book, but I wouldn't read a book. This is your moment. Look in the description. There's a link to Audible. You can go and buy the book. It's about two hours. If you don't like the sound of my voice, you can two times speed that bad boy and rock and roll. You get the six steps of buying the best bat every single time, as well as some absolute ranting and raving by us on the industry. It is. It, it should just warm your soul. And our expectation is you listen to it over and over and over again until you leave a five-star rating and uh, you'll love it. You'll absolutely love it. On Audible, check it out. We're so excited for it. We're so excited for people like you to listen to it. The first book ever on bat fitting.